Fix the Convince. Welcome to the Fix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, New Spark founder, Paul Mosenson. Hey, 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 welcome to the podcast, Paul Mosenson, New Spark Consulting, your lead gen CMO. And today we have a really interesting guest. As you know, we always talk about lead gen and marketing optimization. And the word optimization is probably an overused term, but it's an important term which is basically how would you define the word optimization, which is constantly improving things to increase your ROI, tweak, 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 optimization, right? One of the big phrases you hear about that is conversion rate optimization. You know, I'm big and I'm so enthusiastic on the whole topic because conversion rate optimization can mean the difference between a million dollar sale and not if someone leaves your website. So that's what we're talking about today. And my guest is Jamie DiLorenzo, and he's from um, a local agency where I'm at in Philly, um, great big digital agency. <laughs> hey, good morning or good afternoon. Yeah, it is good morning. Jamie, how are you? It is indeed good morning. I'm great, Paul. Thanks. It's, I'm happy to be here. Good, good, good. We're going to have a really insightful conversation. Um, and really, for the audience out there, you have to listen in. I mean, there might be some technical things here, but... You have to understand you have hungry salespeople and the more leads they get, the happier they're going to be. So it's a, it's a critical piece of driving leads and converting them. And that's what we're talking about today. So a little bit on Jamie's background. Um, he is a, uh, of course, CEO, founding member of his agency, Great Big Digital Agency. Um, it's a uh, optimization-focused agency dedicated to making websites work their hardest for business. Believe it or not, prior to launching the agency, he worked as a CPA years ago um, in the audit practice at PwC and as a sales and customer service training specialist. Why that's important? Um, because you know, when he earned his degree at Temple and his MBA at Rutgers, he applied this whole unique work history to, to align business and customer needs in the digital space to increase efficiency and drive value. Bottom line is, He's a numbers guy and he loves numbers and, anal and analysis to make um, um, performance better for clients. So let's get right to some questions. Talk more about CRO, which is the nickname, I guess the abbreviation for conversion rate optimization and why a CEO should focus on this just as much as the sales process. Sure, sure. Well, CRO is a very wide reaching uh, tactic or strategy that you can employ for your website. There's so much that you can do with it. At the heart of it, it really is all about the acceptance that things could be better. You always could improve. So if you do care about generating more business, then CRO is something that you should really take the time to explore and understand. Um, it's really all about understanding how to do that because everyone wants to do it but they don't necessarily know the right steps to take in order to achieve their particular goals so cro is all about not necessarily going by intuition but by real but by utilizing data and understanding traffic patterns talking to your customers and that's air quote talking uh, or regular talking but it's really about driving better business so that you can improve your ROI based on what you already have on your website in terms of traffic and volume in that regard. Um, and it does it in a way that's very sustainable. So uh, it 
can certainly outlive any type of dedicated sales push. If you have a marketing campaign or something along that lines, uh, the gains can live beyond that, which is something that's really great about CRO. Mm -hmm. well, well, I think it's important to note that everybody, every company who's listening has a website, which means they have a design company that built it, right? It doesn't mean they know the best practices on CRO and said, oh, here's, don't you find that like, oh, here's a company. Look, here's our website. Very proud of it. And here's our landing page. And, you know, and then they stop there. Right. And, and that's where we come in and say, well, it's not over yet. Right. It's, it's just the beginning, really. Mm -hmm. Especially when you look at the analytics and, you know, if you should look at those conversion rates and that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, I mean, I guess there's always a question of people going to ask. Is your, web, is your website working? Is it working? And how do you define that? What's working? What is working? I don't know. I don't know, right? So, Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question because that really is at the heart of it. It's why, why do you have this website and what do you aim to achieve with it? You can look at it as a billboard, as something that just provides information to you or you could look at it more like an employee. That's kind of how I like to look at websites when it comes to CRO. If you could hire your website to do something for you, what would it be? And what is it that you would use as a metric to define success? So it does boil down to the analytics. That, that is so important that you need to understand what's happening there because if you don't understand it, what can you do with it? You know. Um, so you really need to have that basis with the analytics. And from there, you need to be able to understand that you don't always know what's best. And, you know, as a business owner, oftentimes it's hard to, you know, take a step back and see the forest from the trees uh, because you're so wrapped up in it. You, this is your baby. You love this idea. You love this design. You spent so much time working on this. But in the end, it doesn't matter what your opinion really is. Your customers' opinions are the ones that matter the most. And CRO is all about leaning on them, hearing from them directly, seeing what they do directly so that you can learn from that and make changes based on what they feel is important. Yeah, for sure. Well, and whether you're some of that communication is like a bounce rate. I'm not filling out the form, right? So, mm -hmm. because something is stopping me, you know, that I don't have the full trust that I should, right? And that's mm -hmm. big picture is trust, of course. We always talk about that. Yeah. But what are, um, but getting a little more detailed here of what this conversion rate is, which is basically on the analytics side, it's like visitor sessions divided by um, actions that, well, for me, I always talk about either it's a, a communication of an email address or a phone call or, you know, that there's a, an interest to learn more and to track that, right? Mm -hmm. um, or it could be a download. Whatever it is, it's, it's something where there's, a, there's a, um, a communication to the company. Um, how do you look at that with... Um, you know, when we talk landing pages and that's defined basically as the lead capture page, you know, what are the key elements of uh, that affect the conversion rate in your view? Sure. So on a landing page, you know, the, the customer has three thoughts that really are going through their mind. First, do they want what you have to offer? 
Second, do they want it from you? And third, do they feel comfortable seeking it from you? So this really is the, the value proposition. This is social proof. This is validation that you are a trustworthy person, which is something that you mentioned before. Um, and, you know, do they feel that this is the right place to get it? So there are, there are multiple ways to do that. There's no one set way to make this work that way. And that is where CRO comes in, because that's what provides that understanding for you. But at the core, you know that that's what the customer is looking for. Can you meet their needs? And is what you have to offer suitable for them? So making sure that you can convey what you are providing in the clearest way possible and conveying it also in such a way that makes the customer feel comfortable and confident that they would like it from you is really what is going to drive that, right? And there are so many components that go into that. And we can, I could talk for hours about all the, the different ways to, to affect that. Um, but sure. that is really what CRO is trying to get at is how to, how to maximize those. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking about everything we're trying to do is a contribution. Not always talk about to convincing and persuasion, right? Which is what marketing and sales is. You know, somebody would ask me what marketing is versus sales. Well, marketing is persuading me to become a lead. Sales is persuading me to become a buyer, right? You know, and, and it, persuasion is all through the funnel and we're trying to optimize persuasion. You know, you could have sales coaches that are trying to optimize the sales process so they can increase their close rates. Marketing is a little less than that. It's more about the science and art. And you know, like we talked about all these elements to convince more people to click and to convert, right? So it's, it's this conversion, 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 you know, not just marketing and sales and all that. And we're on the same page, of course. Mm -hmm. um, tell me more about... Um, the, uh, you know, when you have, when we do like projects, um, what are the key components of a CRO process? Sure. So the first thing that we really need to understand is what does traffic look like? What do conversions look like? What do the analytics look like? So in order to run a successful CRO campaign, you need to have analytics implemented at a bare minimum. And you need to be able to track the information that we will use to measure success. If you don't, then you're just throwing, you know, darts at whatever, at a wall, whatever. Um, so you need to have an understanding of what it is that you are working with, right? Uh, understanding that when you are looking at one of the main components of CRO, which uh, I refer to as experimentation, you know, this is also commonly known as A-B testing, things like that, depends very much on traffic volume conversion activity because that's based on statistics, based on numbers, and you need to have enough volume to support that. So before beginning any engagement, you need to know what you're working with. You need to know what the options are uh, because there are multiple different ways you can go. You know, even, even just within experimentation, there are infinite things to do. There's also different types of testing that we can consider. And we may lean one way or another based on what we can see from the analytics. Uh, and the third component there, which also we, we use at the um, onset of an engagement is just 
looking at the data, understanding it, seeing what is happening elsewhere on the website. What does traffic look like? How are people getting there? Where are they leaving? Things like that to understand where there are high impact areas where we would want to focus our attention to drive the most results. I think um, it, it's, it's important to understand all of that because of the process, right? We're not just saying, hey, let's just change our subject line and see what happens, right? I mean, I guess that's, you know, what sometimes you know, we do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or, you know, but I get it, right? I mean, if you want to be meticulous and, you know, if you have, again, if you have enough data and say, look, we're only getting this amount and help us, Paul, help us generate leads, right? You know, I can do one thing, you know, with um, reaching the right audience with the right messaging, but, you know, the website and the landing page, everything you do is, is part of that. So, um, yeah, it's good. You know, what, um, when you talk about more strategy development, I mean, you actually get into the weeds, what are the considerations you look at? So first, the traffic, always what we want to understand. Also. Turnaround time is something that's important. Um, looking at what is available from the client to understand what we could work with or where we could find additional learnings. But really the idea is to try to find the highest impact areas that could have the largest impact in the shortest amount of time. And knowing where to go with that, where to start is really the first hurdle that comes there. And we like to start at Great Big Digital. We love to start with understanding as much as we can. So looking at what's happening in analytics, looking what's happening in the CRM, you know, what happens after the website, because that also affects what we would do on the website. Understanding the traffic patterns, where people are going, understanding what customers think about your product. Do they understand it? Do they understand what they're reading when they come to see you? You know, learning, learning is the, at the core of this, outside of looking at the data, because we're looking at the data because we want to learn. We want to understand because we, un we know that we don't know everything. That's really the whole point is that this is all about exploration and trying to figure out how we could make tweaks, where we could make tweaks so that we could you know, find something that would be meaningful. And learning is, is an ongoing process. It's not a one and done thing. Sure. It's, it's consistent and will last forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know the, the one of the big categories is testing. I'm saying, hey, we had A/B test this, A/B test this. You know, especially with I remember there's a tool like Google Optimize, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, we use that. Yeah, yeah. So there's scenarios where, hey, let's just set up, you know, say landing pages, for example, and they rotate 50/50 in your ad campaigns, right? Um, which is actually pretty interesting because I don't think that costs anything, does it? No, Google optimizes free. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of adding the code. And I think people forget about that, right? You know, and take that for granted. Like, oh, here's our landing page. You wrote it. Okay, it's on WordPress. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, something that I'm glad, you know, we use that because it's all part of the big picture here of testing what works and then picking winners. But what do you think are the most important tests that you've run that are relevant to uh, lead generation and, and um, things like that? So all, all of them are, are relevant for lead generation. That's really what's at, at the heart of them. Right. Um, so certain ones that we have done, which we felt were 
meaningful or impactful could range anywhere from redesigning navigation in general uh, to changing copy, right? You know, is, is this meaningful to the, to the customer? Also changing real estate on the page are the most important things upfront, right? Adding new areas for opportunity. Is there a, a call to action that's missing or difficult to see? What would happen if we made that more prominent? We change the color, we change the size. So there, there are always tons of ways to do it. And I think that's what's most exciting about, um, you know, I call it experimentation, but in terms of A-B testing um, to really explore, right? Because as long as you have the understanding of what it is that you're trying to achieve and you can lay out the intention behind your choices, there's no wrong answers, right? You can, you can try many different things. And, and this is why I like to call it experimentation because it's not permanent. You get to see this on a temporary basis and view in real time how people respond to this. You know, is this a meaningful change that you have done? And if it is, awesome. This is something that we should implement on the live site so that it can stay this way. If not, you know, no harm, no foul. We didn't have a winner or a change that arose from this experiment necessarily, but we always will learn from it. We'll always generate new ideas of something else to try in that regard. Um, one of the biggest things that I like to do also when I'm doing an A-B test is to actually make it an ABC, D, B, F test. The more the merrier. <laughs> and we like this because this allows for the maximum learning opportunities. Because if you just do an A-B test, right? This pits your original idea against what exists. And what that does is it puts you in a position to say, I was right, right? But also what it does is it puts you in the position to say, well, I was wrong in this case. My thoughts as your not customer, right? The person who is not buying things from you didn't align with what customers actually wanted. So our preference is to provide more variance, right? We have more choice for the customers to make that allows them to choose what, what resonates best with them. Um, so in this case, the options that we don't necessarily think might be best often end up becoming the best. And it's okay because all these options that we provided were all chosen inten intentionally because we mm -hmm. thought that this is a viable option that could work. So let's see how customers feel about that. Well, let's um, cut to the chase with an example, right? And, and just throw this out at you is like YouTube videos, okay? So you hire somebody to do a YouTube video, explainer video, whatever. Okay, so there's the message itself, right? To engage an audience, you know, like length, are people watching the lens? Should it be 30? Should it be 45 seconds? Whatever, right? And you come up with all these crazy things. And then you have the accompanying like ad that goes with it. If you do the YouTube ads, right, with different offers and things like that, um, that's examples of. Uh, and then you have the the placement strategy. Should I do keywords? Should I do topics? Should I do specific sites? You know, right. So, I guess these are examples of um, you know. Hopefully, you know. I, I hate to use the word analysis paralysis, but um, but you do have like all these elements, especially if you're going to pay for creative, you're going to make sure it's the right one. Or maybe we should pay, hey, I want three different creatives. We're going to rotate them all and test them. 
right? Um, so I guess that's part of like the plan when you start doing this is don't just figure one, like you said, one, that's what we're gonna do. Okay, it makes sense to me, right? Versus testing it. Um, I don't know, do you want any thoughts on that as far as you know, those kinds of scenarios? Well, for that kind of scenario, if you're talking about YouTube, um, you know, where we would see it in a CRO engagement would be, this is embedded on the landing page, right? People are yeah, people right. have access to see this yeah. video that's there. So what we'd want to do is see how we could tie the video to the engagement and tie the engagement to the conversion. So we would look at potentially having these different video embeds there. Maybe this one video that's about subject A is on there and we run it against subject B or we run subject A against a modified subject A so that it's shorter, the messaging is different, right? right? And seeing how people respond best to that. So um, that's, it's a bit harder with video specifically because there's, you know, you have to also verify that it is engaged with to, to ensure that that is, you know, what's, what's causing these changes, but. Yeah, I think I bring that up because of the whole power of what campaign optimization is, is what we do, right? I mean, I guess it's an example of, you know, you know, again, it's marketing A-B testing, which is which creative works best to drive clicks, right? And, or offers that drive a higher click-through rate or a lower cost per view, whatever. But then it still goes about to, okay, where's it going on the landing page? And, mm -hmm. and again, is again, is that set up properly? You know, CRO best practice to get people to, to sign up for something. So you have like all these different testings happening. If you really want to think about the growth hacking mentality of, of, you know, what am I tweaking? What am I tweaking? And, and you know, you got to have a game plan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that you have winners, you know, that you can, okay, now we can just run this stuff because we know that this works 25% better than fast, right? So, but, you know, it doesn't mean you can do other tests as well, right? And, you know, let's try this, let's try this, but, um, but I get it. Um, you know, one thing I would talk, you know, we talk about, you know, different size clients and things like that. And like, you know, we always talk about, well, we don't get enough conversions anyway. How do we test it? Or like, do we have enough data to make our job worthwhile? I don't know. Is it, do you assess all of that? And, you know, how do you, um, how do we, in your view, determine, you know, the best way to do a test? Um, you know, there may not be any data when I start beginning, or there should be data that we can track against, but how, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, there, again, there are so many different ways you could take it. And, uh, if you're, if you're talking about tests in terms of experiments, that's again, only one option. Uh, they're better suited to companies that have more traffic volume, more conversions. doesn't mean that you can't run it on smaller ones. It just would require more time or a more significant impact in that regard. But if there are clients that can't handle the experimentation at the gate, there are tons of ways to solicit feedback in other ways from clients or other, other means to assess what is in existence and determine what an effective change would be based on best practices, you know, as you mentioned, you know, earlier in this call, or just hearing directly from customers, you know, what is it that they prefer better? You can offer them different design options. You can effectively run an A-B test without running an A-B test. You can do it in a, not offline, but it's not on the live website. You can utilize, you know, an outside platform to effectively run a focus group where they can provide their insights directly. Say, I prefer this, here's why, I don't understand this, 
what does this mean? I like that, things like that. So getting, getting the, the right fit for the client, again, is based on the understanding, what we can learn about them. And we approach every single one in a unique fashion. There's no one size fits all when it comes to this. Yeah, that's for sure. I guess it all depends on your plan and um, and what the strategy is, right? Yeah, so, yes. um, you know, again, they're only speaking with us because there is a problem and we need to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. And, and that involves, you know, some meticulous testing and recommendations and things like that. And listen, I could just say, hey, you know, let's add some logos and testimonials on your landing page. And maybe that's all it is. I don't know. Right. But that's kind of like basic. Right. You know, versus mm-hmm. just what we know versus actually taking it to the next level with um, tweaking messaging and tests. I, and I'm just going to be a little fun here is like, oh, your call to action buttons, they should be red or something, right? Like, oh my God, it's blue. And did we lose people? Like, I don't know, I'm being funny here, but still like, these are like, you know, is, is how important is that button? <laughs> on the yep. button right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where the intention comes into it. So if you, if you can understand where you're coming from and you can identify these drop-off points, you can focus on particular areas and try these different ideas. And it may sound silly, you know, let's, let's do a red button instead of a blue button, but oftentimes it's not, you know, there, there's a lot of design theory that goes into this. There's a lot of creative needs that psychologically work for people. And if you don't live in the CRO world, you may not even think twice about it, but that's, that's the, really the main purpose of it is to think outside of what you believe to be the best and offer up alternative solutions that have a purpose, you know, you're not just, I'm just going to do a red button. You know, there's a reason that you're suggesting doing a red button. And that's really what our strategy is all based upon is how are we making the choices that we make? Where do we want to make them? And how do we want to execute this strategy? Gotcha. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, it's a good point. And we were just, my next question was going to be about the dreaded form, right? You know, whether it's e-commerce or lead gen about what we call form abandonment and, and why people start and stop and, you know, those things. Do you want to talk about form abandonment and those key reasons why people do leave? Yeah, sure. Form abandonment is a huge thing. And a lot of times, I mean, this is this is where people are making their choice. This is where they are at that stage where they say, I want it from this particular company. So this means that you need to have clearly conveyed the value proposition, need to show that you're trustworthy to deal with, and that you need to prove that you are the best option for this. The last component here that comes after that is, do they feel comfortable giving you the information that you're asking? And what I often see a lot of time is that people like to get too complicated with their forms. They like to ask too much, require too much of their potential customers. You know, it's fine. Like, can you, can you work with a name, email, phone number company, or do you need to also get all of these data points that you would utilize to determine pricing in the back end? Is that required or does that just make things feel easier? We don't know. And that's what we like to, that's an example of a test that we might run simplifying a form, right? Another option would be gamifying it, right? So it's asking for a little bit at a time, but giving the 
business incremental value at each step of the way so that they can still gain something from a partial form submission, right? It doesn't need to be the full thing, but if they even just got at step one, name, phone number, email, they could follow up at that point and continue the sales process. So that's one of the more complicated experiments to run just because it's, it's very technologically heavy. Um, but I, I often find that those are very impactful there because that's definitely a, a major, major point because that's, that's the commitment. That's the decision right there. Yeah. We know actually um, it's something I always grapple with with clients is, you know, how much fields we should have. Right. Cause I know in some, we like to have a couple custom questions just because it gives salespeople um, more reason to have a good conversation. Um, especially, you know, I've had successes, well, maybe not too many custom questions, but things like, are you actively seeking a solution, you know, in the next six months versus I'm just learning, you know, or whatever it is, right? Something that's like qualification without going crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes uh, um, that stuff is important. You know, I don't know whether it should be required or not, right? But, you know, and maybe it's optional, but, uh, um, but you know, these are the kind of things we think about when you talk about forms. Yeah, it's, it's always worth the experiment to understand. And it's good to take a step back and really think about it. And again, step out of the comfort zone, step out of the, this is the way it's been done before mentality and embrace the potential for change because the way that you're doing it may not be optimal. So, uh, you know, also the idea is, does, is this the right place to ask for this? You know, perhaps that there, perhaps there's a way to build the site so that some of this information is captured separately, but included as a hidden field in the form, for instance, so that the user provides this information, but they don't know that they are, right? To, to give the information to the sales team still in another way without increasing the ask for the customer. So another option that's there. I've actually seen tools that do that, actually. It's kind of like data enrichment, you know, from a form. You know, they might say, you know, if you're a church like lead feeder or other visitor queue or whatever, there's I think there's some other ones do it too. They actually take that information and do that reverse lookup for more information. You've seen that, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all these things to think about. Um, what other mistakes have you seen on um, websites or landing pages that you said, like, why are they doing this? <laughs> you why? know, it, it's, it's <laughs> probably trying to over-explain things is a, is a big one. Um, the attention spans of people have shrunk significantly, uh, you know, in more recent years. And there's, there's no real need to provide every single detail upfront. What's most important is to provide the right amount of detail upfront enough to convince the person of those three main things. You know, is this what I want? Are you the right person to get it from? Do I feel confident doing it? And making sure that you have that messaging in place, right? And it's organized effectively is the biggest challenge that I think a lot of business owners have because they, they think they understand it, but they don't understand it from the right perspective. And when it comes to the site itself, making sure that you are not so rigid and stuck in these ways is probably the, the largest you know, uh, hurdle to actually make these improvements. 
So just not, not being stuck and just understanding that your opinion doesn't really matter in that regard. It, it's more about your, your customers' opinions. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a really quick sidebar here. I know some of our listeners may be in the SaaS business and that's a different kind of model than general, like because you're doing trials and demos and things like that and still need people to convert. Anything um, unique you want to talk about in SaaS business as far as CRO goes that might be a little bit different than the typical? Yeah, I mean, it, it will follow a lot of the similar patterns, but I think they also have the, the benefit of having a lower ask of clients, you know, and it's important for the SaaS company to really understand which call to action is most effective for them. Does it make sense to have a demo? Does it make sense to offer a free trial? Does it make sense to, you know, try some other tactic that has a low barrier to entry, right? Or do they want to streamline as much as possible? Do they just want to have zero touch with the customer, but just provide them the opportunity to buy in? So taking a step back and seeing what happens after the website is really valuable in this particular case, because this will give you a better understanding of how you could focus your attention on the website to drive those outcomes that you need. So if you have demo closing rates at 50%, but free trial to paid subscription is only 25, maybe you want to try to optimize for demos in that case. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's something that's always needing to be explored and seeing the data and not just going off of a hunch or a preference is really most important in that regard. Uh, what's also nice about SaaS companies is that they have probably a, a stronger capability to do experimentation and do those things because they, they typically have more volume in that case, um, more so than a lead gen company. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. Because especially with the trials and everything, but um, it you know it it's interesting where like I look at things like even video. Oh, should we do a video demo, or maybe it should be interactive with buttons and click and click? You know, whatever. I mean, these are all different ways to showcase the product testing. Um, and one of the most popular ones that I'm sure people grapple with is. Should we have people give us the credit card during a trial or should it be totally free and, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and then, um, and then measure all of that. I mean, they're just examples, right. Of, I guess, testing, right. And, um, you know, I guess giving up a credit card means you're that much closer to get to converting them to a bar if they like it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. on the other hand though, I feel like well, I'm just trying it though. I don't want to give it in a way. I don't know. I don't have any thoughts on that, but again, it's testing. Yeah, that, that falls into that category of the, the barrier to entry where a, someone may not be comfortable giving their credit card. And the question is, do you really need them to? If you don't, don't, right? You know, make it, make it so that you can get more people in the door. And you know, just to take a step back again uh, and realize that this is just one step in the full funnel. Like we're, we've talked about marketing, driving people to the website. And we're talking now about what happens after the website and CRO is all in the middle. What do they do on the website, you know, based on what they are expecting from where they came from and what is the sales team looking to do with what comes out of it. And, you know, you, you have the opportunity to utilize this to support both sides of it. It doesn't, it's not just about driving more leads. It's about driving more 
better leads for you too. You have that, you have that ability as well. Right, right. Well, um, good conversation here for sure. And there's so many things to think about. Um, you know, again, it's, it's whatever we need to do to drive performance and revenue. That's really the bottom line, you know, whether you sit still or not, right? I mean, there's, hey, listen, we can drive clicks, right? Or buy email addresses and get them the, but it's still about, is this the right message? And is the right landing page to convert them to say, I'm convinced. Um, what other lessons do you have for um, anybody listening, running lead generation campaigns? Be open, you know, be, be accepting of change. If you, if you accept that your business can grow, you have to accept that your business can change. And the website is an extension of your business. It is a tool that can be utilized to drive business. And what's really great about the CRO side of things is that it offers this try before you buy kind of approach where you learn what makes sense to do before you actually do it. You know, you can, you can run tests, you can do analysis, you can have these experiments going and nothing will actually change on your website until you see that it's worth changing, which is a fantastic advantage of CRO that you can't get from other tools. You know, you can, you can drive all the traffic you want. If they hate your website, they're never going to do anything with it. Um, and if you can make 10% more people appreciate your website, you can see that if they're buying directly, that they are increasing your revenues by 10%. If it is a lead gen and you know that your close rate is 50%, you've increased your overall sales by 5%, right? So you can see how the numbers play into it and you can verify that what you're doing makes sense to do. And it's one of the only things that I've seen where it's, you know, you get proof ahead of time, which is unheard of in this, in this space. Yeah, for sure. Um, we could talk more for hours, but we're not because it's a podcast. <laughs> but um, the bottom line for those who are listening and got through the end here is um, don't take this lightly. You know, your revenue and growth. And if you're an owner, your potential exit <laughs> is all about um, convincing people to trust you. And that's what conversion rate optimization is all about. If you want, you can call it trust optimization, right? Um, anything you can do to avoid someone slipping away because they don't believe or there's some sort of bottleneck is an issue. And that's why we're here. And that's why uh, Jamie's a, a you know strategic partner with me because it all works together. And um, to build quality leads to your salespeople, um, to drive revenue and scale. So thanks for being with me today. And uh, Jamie DiLorenzo, his website is what? It's G... GreatBigDigital.com. 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 That must have been fun on GoDaddy or whatever to find that. So. <laughs> it, it was an adventure, yes. <laughs> I'm sure it was, you know. But um, well, great. Um, it's important what we're talking about today. So... Thanks all for um, listening today and there'll be another podcast at some point. In the meantime, um, be safe out there. And this is Paul Mosenson, New Spark Consulting, Lead Generation, newsparkconsulting.com. Thanks for listening and stay well. Thanks for listening. 
Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince.